todos y bienvenidos a Dapper Dividends Podcast número 30. That's right. Number 30. Número 30. You know, my wife cannot do that. She cannot roll her R's. Like if she were to say gracias. Or if you are in Spain, I know we do have a listener in Spain. I will get to in a minute. I believe they would say gracias is the way they do it there. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is, but uh, we are right above Mexico and I grew up with Mexicans and there are Mexicans all around me. I hear Mexican every day and I know Mexican Espanol. So without further ado, this is Dapper Dividends number 30. It is July 21st, 2020. I'm going to get you my stats here. 883 plays. I am pushing a thousand plays. That's really cool for me. It may be uh, not a lot for some other people, but from somebody who is 42 years old and just decided one day to, I'm going to start a podcast and talk about something I love and something I've been doing for a while. Uh, Why not? So for somebody like me to enter this niche and go from completely unknown to almost a thousand plays is really cool for me. I have an estimated audience size of 31 and get this. I have now earned $8.92 USD. I still think that's fun. You know, maybe someday it grows. Maybe it just continues to move along at a snail's pace, but I really don't mind. This is just fun for me. I'm enjoying doing this a couple nights a week, just sharing thoughts and what I'm buying and what what's going on in my life. So that's that. Uh, the country is, is a little bit off, so I use the Anchor app, as you heard in the pre-recorded intro. I might change that up in a little bit. So before I broke in with the Spanish, we record these promo spots for Anchor, and we'll see how it goes. Supposedly, they will flip-flop in with other sponsors, uh, but we record the sponsor you know, post for them, and it's whatever it is they they just put that in at the beginning or I choose to have that put in so uh, just that block I don't choose what it's gonna be so anyways I don't remember what I was saying to get off on this tangent but oh yeah they they do pay me to do this and the countries that's what I was getting to the countries I have been heard in the United States in 30 states and the District of Columbia now it still shows I've been heard in 18 countries And I did have the Romanian investor on Twitter, which his handle is at E-U-I-N-V-E-S-T-E-S-C. Check him out. He is in Spain. Uh, No, he's not in Spain. I'm thinking of the investor doctor who I'm going to get to in a bit in his question. He is from Spain. Romanian investor is from Romania because I can read and I was a product of the public education system here in the state of Illinois. Not Illinois. I know I have a lot of people from out of state and even out of the country. We say it, Illinois. Now you sound like you're from Illinois. Better yet, if you were from Chicago, you get that Chicago sausage. Well, we got like the Blues Brothers. Uh, When I was in the Navy, they told me I I spoke like the Blues Brothers. So there was people I would meet for the first time and they'd say, where in Chicago are you from? Guess my accent's just uh, just that that thick. But anyways, so on Anchor, it still shows 18 countries, and he said you have a new listener from Romania, 
and I look tonight and it does not show Romania on there and it also does not show Spain so I'm not exactly sure when they are going to update that or how often they do but I, now I'm aware I have my eyes peeled and I'm going to be looking and I'm going to get in touch with them and we're going to shake a tree and see what uh, what's going on with them over there so let's jump into my taxable account so I'm talking about two accounts here um, I do have a traditional IRA that's I'm not going to talk about I've had that since 2003 I believe um, yeah actually so so from 2003 till about 2013 14 I really didn't do anything but put in 5% of my check into that. I didn't even know what it was going into. I just knew it was going into an American funds retirement account. And I thought I was investing and saving and boy, did I have a lot to learn and I still have a lot to learn, but that's okay. Because as Daniel Horridge said, we will never be the perfect version of ourselves. So we always have room to improve and to learn and to grow. Um, anyways, so I have, uh, I'm talking about here. I have a taxable account which I've started is I want to use for income. Uh, I want to use that for cash flow sometime in the future, maybe in the next eight to 10 years. I may just keep reinvesting it. We'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But in the taxable, I think it's a great thing to have. And if I didn't already have this traditional IRA that's going to be following me around, I think I would just go with the taxable and pay uh, pay the income tax because if you need that money now you can use it you can just start taking those dividends you pay your ordinary income tax on them and when that money's in the IRA you can't you can't get to it it's locked up you're gonna pay a 10% penalty and just hope you don't need it so it it's kind of crazy it's almost in a way it's almost like they're guaranteeing you and saying you know what you're gonna work until you're 59 and a half for this money yeah, it's going to grow, but you can't touch it till you're 59 and a half. So maybe the good thing is to have a hybrid approach. Not sure. We'll see. For the purpose of this podcast, I am talking about a taxable account. And then I have a self-directed IRA where I moved $30,000 from my traditional over to Charles Schwab and set up a self-directed IRA because my traditional that's at American Funds is very limited. I think they give me something last I looked. There's maybe 18, 17 different uh, stocks, uh, not stocks, mutual funds that I can choose from. And it's just very limiting. You have to pay them a rather, what I think is an expense, uh, expensive expense ratio to them uh, for the privilege of picking out what your money's going to be in. And when I look at them, oh, wow, they got my money in Amazon, Apple, uh, Facebook, uh Google, all the big tech stocks, Home Depot, Johnson and Johnson. And I remember I started looking back, uh, before, you know, maybe 2015 or so and thinking, well, why can't I just get involved in these myself? Why can't I just pick them? So that kind of started the ball rolling, um, got me a little more uh, involved in things. So in the taxable, I didn't have any buys this week that were dividend related. What I did buy was a very small uh, tranche of ticker symbol LPTX. It is a therapeutics company. It is Leap Therapeutics. They're a biopharma cancer treatment company. And you might be thinking, what? What you buying that for? Well, I get the itch to trade. I love looking at charts. 
charting is something that I just adore. And the cool thing that I like to do is the, the, um, your ratio, uh, you hear that? I did the, again. Uh, so I like I, this one. I'm doing a two to one ratio. All that means is whatever you're willing to risk. So in this case, let me set it up. I bought at $1.99 a share. It is a penny stock and I've quantify a penny stock as anything under $5 a share. So I bought at $1.99 and the recent low on the chart was $1.75. So I put my stop loss a penny below that at $1.74. So that is 25 cents from 174 to 199. So to get that two ratio, I'm going 50 cents. So I'm doubling it. So if I hit I'll, my target is $2.49. So if it hits, I have a gain of two. And if it misses and it hits the triggers, the stop loss, I have a loss of one, two to one ratio. Some people do three to one, four to one, and whatever your number is. So, so now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe. Love that show when I was a kid. Don't know how many, uh, of you will remember that or if that translated overseas you know i'm guessing it didn't uh general issue joe i'm thinking the american hero probably didn't uh it probably wasn't a thing in ireland or uh, the netherlands i know i'm a little bit older than you guys i am 42 so anyway gi joe was a cartoon here in the united states uh real big in the early 80s when i was a kid uh, and then that was it so leap therapeutics We'll see what happens. I looked at the chart. It had a big drop and then a bounce up and it closed above the 20 exponential moving average, the 20 EMA, which was $2. So I think we're good and clear. I think tomorrow's gonna be an update. And as I tell you guys, I am a horrible trader. So I'm hoping that if I kind of tell you guys this, you can maybe follow it. I can let you know what I did. So I'm going to look to get out of that trade at $2.49. And if it pops way above it, I'm going to set a trailing stop and get out at $2.49 at least. And just, and that's the thing. It's very hard to make money in the market trading. So it's, as I've found, it's extremely easy to make money dividend growth investing, which is why I love it if you're doing it for the long term. Now your shares may go down, you may be waiting for a while while your shares are down, but if you do it right and you're invested in great quality blue chip premium companies, you're gonna keep getting paid that money while you wait for the share price to come up. But as I look at it, I'm not buying for the share price. That's, that's part of the equation, but first and foremost, I'm buying for the dividend income and for the growing dividend income and for that income to be safe and secure. So anyway, I, I still like trading. Like I said, I love looking at charts. I go to stockcharts.com and uh, I really like charting. So we'll see what we get here with LPTX. And it's a super small, I'm not going to tell you how many shares, but uh, it's not going to break the bank if it doesn't hit. But the more important thing is the principle here. So that was all of it. Um, in the taxable, also I'm expecting uh, dividends tomorrow from Cisco and from Simon Property Group on Friday. So that will be nice. Thankfully, Simon Property Group has not cut their dividend yet. And I'm hoping we're out of the clear. I was talking about it on Twitter that 
I bought more Simon Property Group back in the end of March when I saw that the Simons, which are the CEOs of Simon Property Group, they put almost $20 million of their own money, not the company's money. These weren't share buybacks. This was their money. So if they're that confident in their company, then I'm going to be that confident with them and take a chance. And that's that's kind of the cool thing about insider buying. If you ever want to look, there's a few sites that show insider buying and selling. Um, there's a myriad of reasons. There's a panoply of reasons that they may sell that insiders will sell. But there's only one reason that insiders are buying because they expect that share price to go up. So the people on the inside, if they're buying, that can give you uh, some semblance of confidence that things are at least moving in the right direction or they expect them to move in the uh, right direction. I believe that was a Peter Lynch quote who talked about that. Uh, I did not look. That just popped in the old noggin there. So, um, yeah, insiders are only buying for one reason. They think that thing's going to go up. So there you go. In the self-directed IRA, I only bought three shares of Cisco today, ticker symbol CSCO. I bought those at $47. Uh, it was a starter position for the self-directed IRA. Uh, I've had Cisco for a while in my taxable, and I was buying more of that in the upper 30s, or no, low 30s. I don't know, whenever it was down. It, it was down in March and I was buying it, but I was trying to buy everything. I only have so much money I could uh, invest with and I was pretty much trying to empty the coffers back in March. But I didn't do it as quick because I thought we were gonna be down there for a while and maybe even go down further. I didn't expect this to come back up. I don't wanna sound uh, glib, or, but I'm kinda hoping for another drop, maybe just a quick drop, maybe another two week drop. You know, I don't want people to lose their, their life savings or anything, but um, you know, wishful thinking, I guess. But if we don't, that's fine. Uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and I know people count on the market and selling stocks for their income. So um, all the best, wishing all the best to all of you. So those three shares of Cisco added $4.32 of annual income to my already growing income stream. And that is now at $1,008.20. So that's what we got going on with that. Um, yeah, Cisco, I like Cisco. Uh, I know it's been talked about, actually. It's, it seems that I've more people that are in my sphere of awareness have been talking about Cisco. So uh, I won't beat the, the bush too much. But uh, yeah, the PE, you know, not bad. 18.6, uh, I almost said $18.66, which you know what? That is not incorrect. Uh, if we have any new listeners or if you're new at this, if you look at the P.E. ratio, the price to earnings ratio, so you can take the earnings per share, multiply apply that by the P.E. ratio, and you should get really close to what the exact share price is trading at. And another fun thing about the P.E., that is how much a investor or that's how much investors are willing to pay for a dollar of earnings. So in the case with Cisco, what I just said, it would be. So it has a PE of 18.66 as the percentage, but also the dollar. It will cost you $18.66 to buy $1 of earnings from Cisco. So that's the same thing with any company. So I think right now, 
Tesla is in the 300s, I think, last uh, last I heard, last I looked. So with Tesla, you're paying 300 some dollars for every one single dollar of earnings. And the reason you would do that is because you expect big, big things to come from them, which they might. I'm in their corner. I just, you know, I, I wish I held. I had had a few shares in the 200s. I think 210 and I sold at 220 because I just, ugh, I didn't like their financials and I thought they were going down further. Uh, that was wrong. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So uh, that's that's how you can look at P.E., is when you see that P.E. ratio, just know at that moment in time when you buy, if you're buying at that current P.E. ratio, that is what you're paying for $1 of earnings. And I have a few other numbers written down I'm not going to get into. Uh, you guys can check that out. So I had a question on Twitter from at Dr. Investor, and he is from Spain, as I alluded to earlier. And he had a question for me that he said, do you ever sell a stock? I mean, do you sell when it cuts its dividend, when it gets really high price or really low? Thank you. Well, thank you for the question. First of all, I am a buy and hold forever dividend growth investor. So I'm not selling unless it's a trade. So like I talked earlier about LPTX, that's a trade. I'll obviously buy and sell that. But as far as dividend stocks go, no, I am not selling. And the only thing that would cause me to sell is if there was some serious underlying issue with either the company structure or the core fundamental of the company. That is what would cause me to sell. If something was faltering with the core fundamental structure of the company, that's when I would probably sell. A dividend cut is very concerning, but it depends. So in this pandemic, like if I held Royal Dutch Shell, which I don't, I would not sell. I would keep holding and I might have used that opportunity to average down because I would expect and hope that a lot of these, once the pandemic is free and clear, whether that takes a few years, that it's going to come back. Um, kind of like Six Flags, Great America or Carnival. I think hopefully that one day those are going to come back. But those are a little more riskier and I did not own those for a reason. Uh, my children doing their custodial accounts they see six flags and go and they wanted to own it so i bought it for them and of course it dropped and then the pandemic hit um, but as far as myself goes i do not own those so no i'm not planning on selling anything i'm a buy and hold forever i'd love to pass these down to my uh, my progeny to my uh, lineage that will come after me uh, future generations and yeah, so no selling for me. And this this is kind of interesting. This will segue into a issue I've had with two of my favorite covered call stocks, Altria and AT&T. So ticker symbols MO and ticker symbol T. So these are in my taxable account. I jumped the gun. I got anxious and a while back I bought while they were high because I wanted to start writing covered calls. I wasn't patient. I didn't dollar cost average in. So in order to write a covered call, you have to own a hundred shares of the underlying company of the underlying stock. And in order to write a covered call, you own a hundred shares and then you pick a price in the future. I'm not going to get into covered calls right now. If you've, this is the first you've ever heard of it, 
please go to YouTube, type in what is a covered call. That'll explain everything. It'll take me far too long. The point is you're selling the contract at an expiration date in the future that is higher than the current price. So this is great. So for instance, I have 100 shares of Altria at $49.95. That's $4,995. And if I were to sell, say, a $54 covered call when the price was around $50 a share, and I did that 38 days or 30 days into the future, you know, I'd get, you know, $100 or so, whatever the premium is going for, and I get to keep that no matter what. So now the thing is, is I did that and that was great. And then the price started dropping. And because my average will stay the same, so that price just started falling through the floor. And the lower the price goes, and the further it goes away from my average price, I'm, I will not, because of the way I do it, I will not sell a covered call for beneath my uh, average price because that's too risky. Because if the shares get called away, so... If the contract is for, say, $52 and my average is $50 and the share goes to $55, well, you're selling those shares to the person at $52 a share. You'll get paid a few hundred bucks. You'll get the, the difference. So anyway, <laughs> I just get so into the weeds with this and I'm struggling because I'm trying to explain something that you really need uh, charts for and it's this is very tough. So point being, I have a, we'll call it $50 average on Altria. And when it's at $40 a share, I would maybe get one to $2 for the contract to sell at something that's over $50. And it's just not there. The premiums are just, nobody's gonna do that because it's such a crazy lottery ticket. And it's not worth it for me because then if this price starts flying up, well, I could have waited and I could have sold a, a contract for, you know, hundreds of dollars more so point of the story is I got jumpy I bought all in one shot I didn't wait I did it both with Altria and with AT&T so my Altria is at $49.95 which right now I'm down $8.73 a share so that's 873 bucks I'm down on Altria and AT&T is at an average of $38.11 for a loss of $7.86 a share. So when I combine those two together, I'm down $1,658.69. And the beautiful thing, well, yes, I'm not, I have not been writing covered calls on them because the premiums are basically non-existent. I am getting paid money every 90 days because those are some beautiful uh, premium stock. Well, I guess premium, they're, they're stocks that, uh, almost every dividend growth investor has exposure to. You'd be crazy not to. Altria's paying me $84 on those every 90 days. So Altria pays 84 cents a share times 100. That's $84 every 90 days. And AT&T is currently at 52. Yeah, 52. I had a brain fart there. I had to look it up. So AT&T paying me $52 every 90 days. 52 cents a share times 100 52 bucks so that's at least the bright side while i may be stuck until price goes up i can't write covered calls on them because i'm not going to take the chance of having my shares called away at a loss that's just not smart that's just not something you do 
So that's a beautiful thing about dividend growth investing is when you get stuck with shares and they're from great companies, you still get paid to hold and sit on your shares. So it's kind of a win-win. I had a few other things I was going to talk about. Um, I'll just get to it really quickly, really, really quickly. Uh, I want to say I've been listening to less and less politics. I am a political junkie. Uh, I love political talk. I guess I'd say I'm not political, but I love politics. I kind of watch politics like sports, which I guess is good. Um, in the United States here, I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I'm, I'm not right. I'm not left. I almost feel like I'm not even center. I used to think I was more libertarian and the more I listen to them, it's basically, so you have the Republicans always fighting with the Democrats, the Democrats always fighting with the Republicans, and then you have the libertarians in the middle that are talking bad about both of them. So uh, it's just, you know, I'm sure it's like this where everybody lives. It's, I feel like we're not going to change the system. And I, I struggle to call myself any kind of party affiliation. Um, one of the, my favorite people that I love to listen to is Dan Carlin of Hardcore History. He also has a side podcast called Common Sense. And he said it best. He said he feels like a political alien. Once I heard that, that just struck a chord and resonated with me. I feel like a political alien. And... I want to say I've been listening to less and less politics. I've been getting more and more focused on myself, on my family, on my side hustles, on just researching my dividend growth stocks because it's it's the same thing. There was a few libertarian podcasts I have in my regular rotation, and I just realized today that I have not listened to either of them for almost two months, and it's a good thing because what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's good to be aware of politics, but it's very tough to change people's minds as we uh, are all well aware of. So I want to say I think it's good to spend a little bit less time uh, focused on politics and trying to change people's minds, I guess, in my opinion. And everybody should work on making themselves, their house, their family, and the street they live on a better place. I think if everybody did that, as instead of trying to make somebody in another town or another state try to uh, live how you want them to live, obviously, outside of, you know, like not legalizing raping and killing and, and uh, stealing and all that. So unless the government does it, uh, don't steal because the government hates competition. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I'm running over time here. I'm, I'm, I just can't get these podcasts down in, in time. So my song of the show, real quick, um, there's a very, very lovely girl on Twitter at Kayana Posts, K-E-Y-A-N-N-A-S-P-O-S-T-S, P-O-S-T-S. <laughs> anyway, so she had a tweet that said, where's Philly Twitter at? And it was some eyeballs. And I read that and boom. Motown Philly by Boys to Men just popped in my head. I haven't heard that song in forever, so uh, I wanted to post the link on her uh, post to YouTube, and I pulled it up, and I didn't realize it, but 
I just had a big ear-to-ear smile because that song reminds me of, uh, again, with the freshman year in high school. It's just been a theme. I don't know why. Must have been a good time in my life. So, Boys to Men, Motown Philly, fantastic song. I forgot how good of a song that was. Just great minor notes, a great, just great melody, fabulous song. And check it out. Uh, if you've never heard it, I strongly suggest you listen to it. It came out in 1992, so it's a little bit old, a little bit dated, but to my ears, still sounds fresh as ever. So check it out. I'll be back to talk to you on Friday. Hopefully got a few more buys here. Uh, we'll see. Maybe the market takes a dip and I can go on a little bit of a spending spree. Follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78. Check out my YouTube channel, Stashing Worthy Acorns, where I put $50 into the Stash app, Worthy Bonds app, and the Acorns app. I'm adding $20 a month and doing this for two years and sharing the results with some cool, might I say, logo animations for two years and uh, check that out. I'm going to get out of here. Don't take any wooden nickels. And remember, everyone you meet has something to teach you.